0: Hey guys and welcome back to the FFP. My name is Christian and today I thought it'd be a good idea to talk about the players that are going to be going into the NFL draft and just sort of get an idea and some sort of a feel for the talent of the top prospects that are going to be taken. Uh, We just got done with the combine a couple of days ago so I felt like this was a perfect time again to just look forward to the talent that the teams are going to be taking. We're going to take a look at some of the top prospects at the quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight end positions and again just get ourselves sort of acclimated with this talent. Every Every year I hear comments from people saying they missed out on rookie talents every year a Saquon Barkley or an Ezekiel Elliott comes out and then people are disappointed because they didn't draft them. This is why that happens because you are not fully acclimated and fully knowledgeable on these guys coming into the NFL and yes some of these guys quite a few of them will have a huge impact in your fantasy leagues and on your NFL teams in general and so this is actually a really important time. Again, we're dead middle in of the offseason, so a lot of people aren't focused on fantasy, but this is a great time. Uh, I always want to preface a few things before we start this video. One, there will be timestamps down in the description below. And if you guys like this video, make sure to hit that subscribe button and like the video, and also leave a comment for some more information you want to talk about. Unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to talk about every player in this video. It would be far too long, though I believe we're going to talk about 30 players. So that's quite a few guys to discuss, and I think it should give us a general overview of the guys who are going to be taking, you know, in the first three three or four rounds, so to speak. So let's just get right into it. I think we should start off with the quarterbacks. Oh yeah. And one more thing I wanted to mention before we get started is that this video took forever to come out because I have just had such a hard time familiarizing myself with these players um, and this rookie draft class. It's crazy. All the guys that I have to kind of keep in mind and study that we watch for this channel and then every year there's like a new 50 relevant players that we have to monitor. So this video took a lot of work and I still don't understand these players and know enough about them. As we continue in this offseason, season, I'm going to continue to examine them and we'll learn a lot, about, a lot more about them. This This video is far from the final video we will be doing on this rookie draft class. So don't worry about that. And don't worry if you still have questions. That is what the comment section down below is for. So if you're wondering about any players that we don't end up talking about, or if I talked about a player but didn't mention something about him, again, feel free to leave a comment. We love to hear from you guys. But um, I'll quit wasting your time. Let's get into it. So the first thing I thought we should do before we even get into the quarterbacks is just briefly discuss a couple of teams that are most likely to draft a quarterback as far as things go right now. Free agency period could and definitely will change things, but as of right now, it looks like the Bears, the Bengals, the Jaguars, the Chargers, the Raiders, the Bucks, and the Colts are probably the most likely teams to go out and draft a quarterback. Again, that is important to note just so that we kind of have a feel for which possible you know teams could be drafting a quarterback, where these guys could go, and then of course we do have to take into into account um, that where these guys land is going to significantly increase or decrease their value for example I'd love to get drafted by the Bucks and replace Jameis Winston they've got some stud wide receivers there and they could really make you look good whereas if you go to the Colts and they don't add any additional weapons in the passing game you know then maybe some things aren't looking so great there uh, we will do a sort of a second version of this video post draft kind of around maybe around preseason time uh, and talk about how these guys have been doing the situations that they're in and the the guys that we think are most valuable once we have more information on them that will be a much more concrete and probably a much more fun video to do but let's get started uh with the the guy himself i think we gotta start off talking about joe burrow You know, I don't think there's any question whatsoever who's going to be the first quarterback taken off of the board. Um, That's going to be Joe Burrow for sure. Uh, But the question being, will he be the number one pick? Um, Because the Bengals pick at number one, then it's the Redskins, Lions, Giants, Dolphins, Chargers, Panthers, and Cardinals. So that rounds out the top eight there just to give you an idea because there's absolutely no way he falls outside of the top eight. And that's the thing. There have been a lot of reports that he doesn't want to play for the Bengals. If you're the Bengals, maybe do you try uh, avoiding him, in which case I think the Redskins have to take him at Number two, so for me, I I see absolutely no reason for him to fall. They could also trade out. That's a tough situation for the Bengals to be in. Joe Burrow did say, you know, if they drafted him, he'd love to play there. He's he's a young guy with a really good attitude, and that's great. Um, But there's always that concern from teams if they feel like there's a stud guy out there that they need elsewhere. You know, maybe a defensive end. They could do that. I probably wouldn't. For me, in my mind, he is the number one pick, no matter what. And I tell you what, the stats prove it. he was so, so dominant. Of course, we see not just the success of the team of a whole and being able to win in key games, but 60 touchdowns to only six interceptions. That's a solid 10 to one touchdown interception ratio. He had the second best pass rating of 202 and averaged 10.8 yards per play. It's just everything was there. But what was really notable, of course, was to see what the teams thought of him once he went into the Combine um, and he began talking to a lot of different organizations, doing the Wonderlick test and just doing interviews and just all around what are teams seeing from him and how do they feel about him. So I want to read off some notes that were taken on him, not by me personally, um, but some of the things that people have been saying about him since they met him at the Combine. Um, The biggest thing being about how smart he is, Um, things like he has off-the-chart football IQ, um, that he plays with great field presence and poise. Um, not just on the field, but also his ability to discuss football, the X's and O's off the field and to understand that, talking about how he makes great full field progressions. And he's got an awesome internal clock. Again, that doesn't go back to the combine so much, uh, but just uh, a lot of things that people have been hearing or uh, that people have been saying about him. He's got great anticipation. They, the big key one for me was looking at the stats. This wasn't necessarily a note, um, but 55% of his deep passes were completed for 24 touchdowns and just two and interceptions. interceptions back in 2019 he has got a really accurate arm deep that's going to help him stretch the field and I I definitely like that he's not the most mobile quarterback uh, but he's also known as a guy who can run if he has to and make a couple of you know mobile plays just to kind of keep the chains going and break defensive backs you hate when you're playing a good quarterback and they're just completing throw after throw after throw and there's nothing you can do about it and you finally have good coverage and he just runs it there's nothing more defeating than that Um, But as we look at the weaknesses, for me, I don't think there's a whole lot of weaknesses. I think he was a really dominant quarterback. He was great. Uh, One weakness, a lot of people are concerned, is that his 2019 stats were phenomenal, and that was really the polar opposite of his 2018 numbers. Though I would let you know that in 2018, the LSU Tigers had the highest drop rate in the NFL, so that certainly hurt him quite a bit. Um, But all in all, yeah, he's the number one quarterback. I think there's a lot to like here, and I definitely think he should go number one. I think the the second most talked about quarterback has got to be Tua. There is really highs and really lows on this guy. A lot of people don't think he's going to be an NFL quarterback. Some people think he's going to be a dominant NFL quarterback. The thoughts are everywhere. Here's what we know for sure. We do know that he has a serious history with injuries. He has two ankle surgeries, hip surgery, broken nose, and a concussion as a starter. And some injuries kept him out of being able to compete at the combine. He was there talking to some teams, but from 10 a.m. to 8 o'clock at night, night he was stuck doing sanctioned medical examinations um and so that really of course limited his ability to step out there and impress some teams at the combine and of course that's a major problem teams clearly are very worried about it and i would too Um, another concern is that he played for Alabama and they're not known for historically producing great quarterbacks they put quarterbacks in a good system but not necessarily a good NFL system doesn't always translate Uh, they love quarterbacks who can make a couple of plays here and there but they love to run the ball a lot and they love mobile quarterbacks and they love to kind of be smart um, as far as how they use their guys and I love what Alabama does. It just doesn't typically produce good NFL quarterbacks because a good college system does not necessarily translate very well. So that is something to note. He's also a guy who, you know, he was really great. In fact, he had a better the only guy to have a better passer rating than Joe Burrow was Tua, who had 206.9, basically 207 passer rating, though you should note that that doesn't compare to the NFL. They have a slightly different way of measuring passer rating. Um, Just to clarify that for anybody who watches the channel, that's why that number is so absurdly high. Uh, But anyways, um, there's a lot of concerns with him. They talk about he's a really consistent passer short, um, but sometimes he fails to read open wide receivers late in routes. He's inconsistent deeper throwing the ball he's also known for being really mobile um, but that of course kind of takes away from it when we're hearing okay he's really mobile but he likes to run more than slide in the pocket Uh, what that means is when pressure comes he grabs the ball and he takes off He's not shifting. He's not adjusting and keeping his eyes downfield. He just wants to take off. So he's a bit too antsy in the pocket. He's also not known for being a guy who is willing to take a hit to complete a throw. That is going to really um, hurt him quite a bit. And finally, um, he's also not really, they say he doesn't like to deliver on short throws very much. Um, So all around, he's got a lot of talent to him, but I don't think that he's the solution. I don't even necessarily think he's the second best quarterback at the draft. I would probably drop him a few spots, though he definitely has the upside. So as we go on with the quarterbacks, I'll try not to talk too long about them. For me, I think Justin Herbert is absolutely up there like for sure as a top five quarterback in this draft. One of the things I like most about him is that of all these quarterbacks, he is probably the most prepared to be in an NFL system. Um, he, playing for Oregon, runs a pro scheme and has for a while on that offense. That's going to benefit him really well. Um, as far as things that we know about him as far as his abilities and his talents he's got a great deep ball really strong able to beat really um one of the things i talked about as i was reading through a lot of notes about him and i read this multiple times from multiple different people reporting on him is that they're impressed with his ability to handle very talented and athletic safeties that's great when you talk about throwing the ball deep the worst thing that can hurt you is your inability to throw past or to read to understand what safeties are doing uh talked a lot about that so that was really great and again his own readability downfield, that's really great. The downsides are uh, not not too many things. One of them being that sudden immediate pressure is something he doesn't read very well, though he's known for being very great pre-snap. That's huge. Um, we talked about Joe Burrow being, you know, really a great field general and understanding defenses. Um, We have to break that into two sections, post and pre-snap. Justin Herbert is definitely more of a pre-snap guy. That's not a bad thing. That makes him more like Peyton than it would be Tom Brady. So you just have to understand what type of quarterback you're working with. Um, And then occasionally, uh, just talking about needing to have a bit more touch and lead his wide receivers better. uh, Sort of flat throws were caused for a couple of mistakes last year, though. uh, The biggest thing that I liked the most was that 2019, and everyone said this, he played with a lot more poise and confidence in 2019 than he did in 2018. That's going to go a long way when he shifts into the NFL. So now we got Jalen Hurts. Now here's a really interesting situation, probably the most bipolar of the players in this draft because um, his strengths are he's known for having tremendous leadership qualities, for being extremely tough, uh, a really smart guy for having great poise, especially late in games and being able to handle the pressure. He's also known for not having great consistency or rhythm when throwing to his wide receivers and being bad at recognizing early throw opportunities, often forcing himself to make tougher and more difficult throws later on. On in his read progression, oftentimes further down the field than he needs to be. Um, His deep arm uh, is fairly solid, though his release is known for being a bit elongated, just taking a little too long for his windup on those deep throws. Uh, He's a guy kind of reminds me of Brett Favre. Um, A lot of comparisons were comparing him to Favre or Thibault in that he's a great leader, he's a tough, he's good guy. Uh, He's got weaknesses. He has weaknesses, and he's not the best passer in the draft, but if there were any guy in this draft class, to come into the NFL and be a dominant quarterback um, purely based off of their intangibles, so to speak, uh, I feel like Jalen Hurts would probably be the guy. I don't love him, but if I've already got my quarterback and I want to take a backup quarterback to develop, if say I've got you know a Drew Brees or you know an old veteran and I want to train up his replacement, Jalen Hurts would be one of those guys to take, not in the first round, but in the second or third or whatever it may be. Finally, I wanted to talk about one more guy. I think that's got to be Jordan Love. Uh, he showed a lot of potential um, and he has a lot of strengths. For example, he has got a very solid deep arm. He throws really nice tight spirals and they talk about his ability to read deep throats. He reads them very quickly into his progression, meaning if a guy is running a fly or a post route deep down the field, he is able to identify whether or not that wide receiver will be open much earlier than other quarterbacks. This did lead to in 2018 a lot, not so much in 2019 but in 2018 he was trusting a lot of 50 50 throws if you've ever seen guys like deandre hopkins in the nfl their quarterbacks will just toss it up and trust their wide receiver to make big plays that works really well when you have calvin johnson or deandre hopkins if not it's a problem so you know this is going to depend on where he goes and the coaches and everything like that but uh he definitely has some upside i love his ability to throw the ball deep um Downsides, he telegraphs his throws a little bit. He struggles with some consistency in his production, and he really took a step back in 2019. A lot of uh, scouts were saying that his 2018 season was far better than his 2019 season, um, but he's not the number one guy on this list to talk about for quarterbacks, so I wouldn't overanalyze it. He's more of a you know, couple rounds in, let's take a shot on a QB sort of guy, as we just talked about. Finally, I wanted to mention quarterback Jacob Eason from Washington. want to throw him on the list because he is really the most old-fashioned, old-school quarterback on the list. He's got a great frame and really known as having elite size and arm talent, though he really struggles with his pocket presence and mobility. So he's going to thrive in offense. He could thrive, I should say, in offenses with really good offensive lines that can give him the protection that he needs. But once that protection begins to fall apart, major issues begin to show with kind of Just who he is as a quarterback and his weaknesses really defenses can just feast off of his inability to read and to adjust and his lack of mobility to make the plays despite that Um, but again he does have a really strong arm did want to put him on this list and talk about him briefly as he definitely has some things to like about him Um, for me all in all though I would say the downsides outweigh the upsides before we get into the running backs, I thought it would be good to say a few things. First, this draft class really lacks the one guy that separates himself. It doesn't have the Saquon Barkley or the, Z- the Ezekiel Elliott, uh, those sort of guys. There's still talent here, though. Um, I think uh, I heard a comment from somebody that there wasn't much running back talent in this draft class, and as I began to do my research, I don't necessarily think that's true. We, we don't have a Saquon Barkley, though those can't come around every single year, otherwise we'd end up with 10 of them. But um, as far as the teams looking to draft a running back this year, I'd see, I'd see teams Teams like the Buccaneers, the Bills, Chargers, Chiefs, Dolphins, Falcons, Lions, Redskins, and Steelers for me are key teams that are likely to draft a running back and where if a running back went there could certainly have some value. Um, I'm thinking of a team like the Falcons. I'd be really interested to see what kind of back they end up getting. If they end up getting one, though, I'm expecting that they will. As I want to clarify, there are definitely other teams that are going to draft running backs. These were just a few teams that I want to hit on that I would watch if I were you guys and begin to see and make your estimation as to when they'll draft a running back and which guy they'll end up getting. But let's get into the running backs now and start talking about these guys. You know, it looks very likely like the number one running back to go off the board could very well be DeAndre Swift, and that makes a lot of sense to me. He kind of reminds me of Delvin Cook in, in just the way that he runs. He's a really compact runner. You see his size 5'9", 215 pounds, great lower body strength. They praised his, and I've just seen everybody loves his ability Uh, he's known for being a guy that through the contact and the pushing and the twisting and the turning and the cutting constantly keeps his balance constantly keeps upright and is also known for having just an elite awareness and understanding and feel for the tight pressure runs between when things get crazy and linemen are falling down and linebackers and lead blockers and there are a million guys in his way, constantly being able to kind of keep his head about him and know where to go and when to go there Um, so he's known for being a really good running back in that sense he's not known for being the fastest running back he's kind of noted as a guy who's quicker than he is fast um i mean he can make some great cuts he's known for being a solid one cut back um but he's not going to beat you out in the open space he's not going to out sprint you um or at least a lot of players in that sense but that for me is a really minor complaint i mean If my guy makes a great play on a really tough run and gets me five yards but can't break it for 80, like, is that really a complaint? I'd rather consistently take the yard after yard uh, sort of run, and in that sense, he's more of a Josh um, Jacobs who really fits that Oakland Raiders offense, and we've seen this with running backs time and time again where it mostly just depends on where it is you're going to go in the scheme that you're going to be in. Le'Veon Bell, known as a very patient runner, worked great in Pittsburgh, eh, not so much there playing for the Jets. I think mentioning uh, Josh Jacobs, Oakland is one of those offenses that loves those sort of running backs, going to fight hard, going to get those yards consistently, might not be the most explosive playmaker, however. Um, Again, that's not necessarily, he's not unexplosive, he's just not as explosive as he is quick, again, just to remember that as far as his open field speed. Uh, the downsides one big downside for him being his ball security is well below the nfl standards that's going to be a major uh, sort of area of concern for him however i would note that this is a running problem through running backs in this draft class and almost every draft class um so we'll see how he adjusts to that Uh, but again it's funny reading through and people talking about his weaknesses quicker than he is fast is considered a weakness. I don't necessarily agree with that. It's just a part of who he is and his style. Again, he could very well go number one. A lot of talent here and there's a lot to like. You know, Jonathan Taylor was another running back in college who was really productive. In fact, when we look at it, he went over 200 yards 12 times in his career and really was a stud back, absolutely dominated. He's a guy who just runs behind his blockers and gets going. He's got great flow, so to speak, which is that he understands where his lead blockers are going and he's going to follow those guys. He's also known for really sinking, planting, and exploding off of a solid one cut. So he's a really nice one cut back. Um, As we begin to talk about his strategy strengths and weaknesses. Weaknesses are he took a lot of touches in uh, in college and that he's really kind of worn down. A lot of people are worried about that wear and tear being a concern, um, though he didn't necessarily have major injury issues. He did fumble 15 times over three years, and the biggest one being he has slight hesitation when running between the tackles and, and processing interior pressure is a bit of a concern for him. And so also has a bit slow feet, I guess, when it comes to covering contact on the inside. Again, not a big runner in-between, between the tackles is sort of what I'm getting a vibe from this I didn't have nearly as much time as I would like to watch film on him and study him all in all he seems like a very good back he reminds me sort of like and I mentioned him already Dalvin Cook in that aspect Dalvin Cook is a great running back not necessarily a guy who's going to power through interior contact and pressure and getting stuffed in there a lot is a bit of a concern but when you give this guy some open field he can really do a lot with it he definitely um, has got the talent Um, And then finally, one big note was a lot of people are saying he lacks confidence and energy, but um, not a a major concern, though that is something to note as far as a concern as far as what's he going to do late in games if he's, you know, tired and worn down, doesn't have the energy, doesn't have the confidence. How is he going to perform in the fourth quarter? This is going to be, for me, more of a thing to monitor as far as what the coaches are saying about him. I wouldn't freak out about it, but for me, it is definitely something to watch. Uh, J.K. Dobbins, there's not a lot you need to know about this guy. He is a compact build. He is chiseled and muscular, and he is a really all-around back that you can rely on. I don't think he's necessarily the most versatile back out there, but he played through pain, never missed a game. Really strong and sturdy guy who is ultimately a... Um, I guess best way to put it is Belkow back. That's the sort of role that he's going to play for you uh, when you draft him. Again, not necessarily the most all-around running back and his ability to have tons of different things uh, and weapons in his arsenal, but he's great at just pounding the rock over and over again. And that dependability and reliability is very attractive for some teams in the NFL whose uh, backfields really need it. Um, we're going to talk about Zach Moss. I do want to mention, first of all, if you didn't notice, for anybody watching on YouTube, I did put some of the, a couple of their players' combine numbers down below their name, so you can check that out. If you are listening to us on podcast, which you can do, we have... Uh, We are on like 10 or 12 different podcast sites. Um, Feel free to do that. You're not really missing out on anything. But I just wanted to add a few couple things in there for the YouTube. But anyways, um, Zach Moss, uh, this is known for just being a really well-built and powerful and physical runner. Uh, His sort of... I guess, downside, his weakness is that he's not known for being a guy who's incredibly fast, uh, but I love what I hear about this guy. This is the sort of running back that I love, a guy who's known for having a great balance between being patient and urgent, as well as having uh, solid variance in gears, so to speak, that he can uh, you know, balance between waiting for that hole to open, but when it opens, he absolutely explodes. He's got great vision, very underrated in his ability to see the field and understand what's happening, and he doesn't panic under pressure, especially on the inside. Again, season-ending injury in 2018 was a, a minor concern as well as, as again, not having the most open field speed, but all in all, he could very well be the best running back in this draft class. I don't think he's going to be the first running back drafted, but he could very well be the best running back in this class. He's got a solid frame at 223 pounds, 5'9" huge, huge upside with him. Um, so one of the things I like about Cam Akers is his combine numbers. Ran a four-four-seven. He benched, I believe, 20 times when he did bench press. All in all, his numbers there were great. And he was really productive in college. In fact, playing there in Florida behind a really subpar offensive line, he's a tough runner that earned his stats and that's one thing that you know we talk about when we talked about jk dobbins earlier i didn't have the chance to mention it i probably could have but I, I chose not to was that there's always this concern for some guys that they they were in a very good offense and their offensive line was too good and what happens when it's not that easy at the next level this is sort of the opposite for cam Akers. he had to do it the hard way over and over and over again and he still managed to be very very productive much like many other running backs in this draft class however his one big concern is that his ball security is not as good as it needs to be though I've heard that concern about just about every other running back I was looking into so it's not as much of a problem for me as it is for other people Um, all in all really great guy pretty elusive especially able to avoid sudden pressure on the inside again as we talked about his ability to bounce out and make plays he's got a solid spin move and again I just love this the guy who did it the hard way so Uh, his ability to come in the NFL, you put him under the right offensive line, um, I think he's going to really benefit from having a better system in the NFL than he did in college. Um, That could really help him. Anthony McFarlane is another back who shows a lot of potential, runs really solid between the tackles, has a solid one cut, and he is known as a really prototypical one cut back. And the reason for that being um, when we look on the film and we watch him and we see him run drills, he's got a solid first cut, really struggles to gain control after that cut. So, you know, if he's running around the edge and he has to juke a linebacker or make a sidestep away from him, he's a really solid sidestep. Uh, but if he has to make two or three or four sidesteps in a row and make multiple cuts, really struggles to do that. So... That, of course, is going to be something to note. We're definitely going to want to put him in an offense where he's not going to be forced to make too many uh, moves at once. Of course, we want all of our running backs to not have to do that, but going to be severely limited if he is in a bad offense. One of the things I like about him is of all the running backs, he seems like a guy who's really talented in the passing game. Great uh, great ball tracker, great on wheel routes, a really decisive guy who's able to catch off target throws in the backfield. So he's able to adjust to the ball for that multiple times from multiple different people. Um... Again, big concerns for him are that he doesn't run through contact. Uh, I've heard a lot about and I've seen it on film. He he really accelerates into contact, though it's very rare that he is actually explosive and breaks through that contact, not known for being best on the physicality side. Um, again, struggles post-first cut, not going to be able to make multiple cuts for you, um, but he is good in the passing game and many like much like many of these other guys, uh, leave something to be desired uh, in sort of the ball security area. But again, I've heard that time and time and time again as far as um, what I'm hearing from people as they're reporting from the combine and what they're saying about these guys. So not the biggest issue in the world for me. Uh, but of these guys, seems like uh, really separates himself as a good receiving running back and going to be able to use that in his arsenal. So that is something to note. Teams that are looking for a receiving running back are more likely to draft him than maybe some of these other backs that we've talked about. Uh, Keyshawn Vaughn is going to be one of those running backs uh, if a team is looking for an early down back. Keyshawn Vaughn is the guy. He has got solid size and he plays into that size. He also really kind of keeps linebackers and defensive players honest by he's one of those guys. He's known for breaking arm tackles. If you're going to take this guy down, you have got to get your body on him and tackle properly. If you get lazy, he will break that tackle. Um, not known as the most consistent, or not known as the most agile guy, but he is very consistent. And one of the things I like about him, he kind of fits this Le'Veon Bell mold of it being a very patient runner on the outside. And that's what's great. We talk about runners being patient and impatient, being quicker, more explosive, or are they willing to wait for a hole to open? When running on the outside, more you know, power plays or um, sweeping plays or whatever it might be. It's really great to have that. That's really nice to have that patience, but when you're on your inside, when you're running between the tackles right under the center, you got to be explosive and you just got to go. And he's known for being able to do both in the right situations. Um, Kind of a smart runner. And we don't talk a lot about these running backs and their intelligence, but that's really great news. As far as the downside goes, not necessarily known as having the best vision and sight or feel for the run. That's going to be sort of his biggest downside as of right now that he is really going to kind of open his eyes up and learn to read defenses better and read the holes that he's been given. So if you're looking for a running back who can be more than a running back, who could possibly be a kick and a punt returner and great out of the backfield, in my book, this is the guy to go with. He's got great ball security, really effective in college. I believe 36% of his carries went for first downs or touchdowns. So again, really efficient, really effective. Um, But he's known as a guy who runs really great routes. Um, Talked about um, and seeing as we watched the film as I was looking at him, Constantly getting yards after the catch. This guy is a yards after the catch monster. Absolutely love that. He runs with a great tempo and is able to alter that tempo and change it based on the needs of the run. He's got really instant access to explosive and, you know, sort of bursting cuts and sharp cuts. That's really nice to see. Uh, runs really low with solid balance. The downsides being he's not as quick and as fast as they like him to be. He is quicker than he is fast and he is not the least quick out there. Uh, but again, kind of slow in that aspect and it's really hard to measure his talent uh, as the lsu tigers ran a lot of rpos that means linebackers were a little bit more tentative in covering the runs. so i think a lot of his stats were covered up and boosted by that rpo system and being in a very effective offense there with joe burrow and so much other talent that again, it is a bit of a concern as to you know what's going to happen when defenses aren't being held back so much and when they can kind of load the box more and go after the run more and not hesitate, that's going to hurt him a little bit. And it has made some of his college film a little bit harder for me to read. However, he does as a whole seem like the most versatile back coming out of college. That's going to make him very desirable for teams that are looking to use him as more than just a running back who want to use him as a receiving back and a returner and plenty of other things. Uh, Finally, the last running back I thought we'd mention is AJ Dillon, not known for being a very quick guy, not known for being a very fast guy, but at 245 pounds, he is a beast. Kind of reminds me of when Leonard Fournette came out of college, and that was really what Fournette was known for. He's very similar. In fact, he went for over 100 rushing yards in over 40% of his starts in college. Um, Not the quickest guy. But man, he is a strong guy, known for a solid stiff arm, will break every single arm tackle you give him, extremely physical, large back, Um, just not quite as quick or as fast as they like him to be, and that is a major problem in the NFL, so I think a lot of teams are probably going to push him to uh, not necessarily lose weight, but maybe just trim up a little bit, get a little bit more cut, and get his quickness down. But if he can do that, he has huge, huge upside, and what's really nice is you know his role. You know his role. When you draft this guy, he is going to come in, he's going to be physical. He's going to hit hard, be between the tackles, make some plays like that. He's not going to be the best receiving running back. He's not going to be the quickest running back, not your change of pace back or your third down back, but you know his role and he's going to do it well. Um, So as always, before we get into the wide receivers, the teams most likely um, to go after wide receivers in the draft would probably be the Bills, the Broncos, the Colts, the Eagles, the Cardinals, the Jets, Patriots, Raiders, Ravens, Saints, and Titans. Though, of course, um, there's a lot that could change that. For example, all the rumors with the possible Stefan Diggs trade, which I don't think will happen, but if Stefan Diggs did get traded, then the Vikings would need to draft a wide receiver. You get the point. Um, But let's just get into it and talk about our first guy, because this year is absolutely loaded with talented, the wide receiver position. In fact, last year showed us a lot of young, talented wide receivers like A.J. Brown and such. This year is another year that's going to give us a ton of talent at the same position. Uh, first, got to talk about C.D. Lamb. Uh, if you asked me uh, what is the first and foremost thing that you need to know about this guy, um, I would hands down easily tell you the most important thing about him is that he is able to make plays on all three levels of the field. Short throws, medium throws, long throws. Anywhere on the field, he can make a play you need him to make. He is a very versatile wide receiver, and that is his, you know, really the best thing about him. He's also really dangerous after he catches the ball. Um, he's very effective at continuing the play. And and just being able to sort of just all around be one of those productive guys or some really talented wide receivers out there who catch the ball and just fall to the ground. He's not one of those guys. He can really make some plays. At 195 pounds, he is a very slim build, and that's my biggest concern for him. His biggest weakness heading into the NFL is that he's not used to being as physical as he's going to need to be. He's a little bit smaller. I wonder how he's going to do in contested catches. A lot of his catches in uh, in college were very wide open against poor coverage. So it is going to be a major concern to see what he does against, you know, just better defensive backs, more physical defensive backs that are going to force him to fight for the ball and really go after it. And then finally, he's not known as being a guy who really adjusts to the ball placement as much as he needs to be. Um, Huge upside here. Definitely some things to work on. I'd love to see him gain, you know, five to 10 pounds of muscle. That's going to definitely help him as he transitions um so we got another guy right here a lot of talent first thing that you need to know is that playing for alabama he played in a really good system jerry judy did and if i am pronouncing that right that is but playing for alabama played in an nfl sort of scheme a real pro style offense that's going to benefit him really well in his transition and that's really nice some of the downsides though being that he sometimes struggles to adjust to and track down the ball mid-air um has some sort of inconsistent hand-eye coordination or essentially just that he's dropped some balls that he doesn't really need to, but he runs really sharp routes. He's really quick, makes really steep turns. Um, he's really consistent and a very fast guy, really fast guy, and he's really going to be able to force cornerbacks and safeties to constantly stay deep and keep that defense honest. That's going to give him more room um, you know, down under on slant routes and such. Um, Uh, it's too early for me to say who my favorite wide receiver is, but I'm starting to lean towards him. He's got a lot of talent and there's definitely a lot to like about Jerry. Um, again, there's going to be a lot to kind of question here as far as his frame 6'1", 192 is a little bit lighter. Uh, we'll see how he does with contested balls and such, but huge upside and probably the most refined wide receiver of this class, or at least up there in amongst the more refined wide receivers. Uh, Now we've got Henry Ruggs, the third, very talented wide receiver. Not a lot to know about him, except he is incredibly fast. I think I love the way I heard it phrased that he is game-breakingly fast. He's really going to force man coverage players on him in man, I should say, in man coverage to really be disciplined, to really work hard. You have to be fast against him. He's a very talented kick returner. and um, he's got quick hands. He loves to play physical after the catch. There's a lot to like about him. Not quite as good of a route runner, not as sharp, not as underneath as some of these other guys, but very talented and very fast. Um, So there's a lot to like there. And as I've talked about with some of the running backs, he offers more to your team than simply being a wide receiver. His ability to play in, uh, be effective in kick returns and to be used in that aspect is going to give sort of teams and coaches a little bit more grace for him as he develops his receiving skills you know at six foot four 210 pounds t higgins there's a lot to like he's got a big frame and he often plays into that frame um so that's nice Uh, we've seen we've talked about a lot of very talented wide receivers in this draft class so far none of them nearly as big as him with that frame and that ability that's going to be you know if you're a team looking for that that of course again is really going to feed into one thing that really sets him apart from some of the other guys in this draft class so far Uh, some of the downsides are maybe not the the fastest or the sharpest runner uh, struggles a little bit over top as far as he's he's got good size but he doesn't use it to his advantage as much as I think teams would like him to but I think all in all the biggest thing that really benefits him is that he was used all over the field Um, as a wide receiver a slot receiver sort of a middle wide receiver he, he did a lot of different things and that of course is going to be great for NFL teams who want to play him all over the field and use him in mismatches that's going to be a huge benefit to him in that aspect Um, I guess his biggest thing is that he ran a really limited route tree so that was what was really unusual about it is to see Clemson use him all over the field but the same way multiple times so he would you know have a very small route tree but all over the field we run fly routes in the slant or slant routes out wide or whatever um And so that's definitely going to be something to monitor. We also saw this with, I believe, Marquez Brown, who has also kind of struggled with his route tree a little bit, um, and that really severely limited him. He was in a great offense and had a fair year. The touchdowns were there, but other than that, Marquez Hollywood Brown was not a stud rookie wide receiver. He he wasn't bad again, but I feel like he could have been a lot better had his route tree been far more developed. Um, We also saw that with... uh, blanking right now, but the Patriots rookie wide receiver who saw very little usage. But anyways, that's going to be the big concern for him. Definitely something to monitor this offseason as far as once he gets drafted, let's see what his coaches are saying about him and how they're using him. Now let's talk about uh, LaVisca Shenault Jr. Again, I'm probably pronouncing that wrong, but I really don't even care at this point. Um, huge talent here. This is a guy who is possibly the most underrated wide receiver and one of the most underrated players coming out of the draft. The reason for that being is that he failed to really improve in 2019 over his 2018 season. He kind of got stuck, Uh, but ultimately that just comes down to he had some durability issues and had multiple injuries throughout college. That's the real big concern with him. Other than that, everything else is all positives he's got an awesome he's 6'2 220 so he has got size but he is still fast not only fast but deceptively fast and quick he's got strength he ran all three wide receiver positions so he was all over the field um and again he's got this great combination um he also wins deep balls deep he is not just big he uses it and he is a physical wide receiver wins awesome 50 50 toss-up throws um very quick and very good at squaring himself to the quarterback to to make the catches that he needs to make makes the kind of his life a lot easier. Very, very talented wide receiver here. Could very well be the most talented wide receiver in the draft. Injuries are a major concern, so we'll see and we'll monitor that. But as a whole, very underrated guy. And again, awesome size, awesome frame, speed, strength. Seems like he's got everything. It's just some major injury issues throughout college that are uh, really making teams nervous. But he could very well sneak up in the draft um talking about brandon ayuk now um and i'm again probably saying that wrong i don't care um but really huge potential here another wide receiver who could have a huge huge career in the nfl there are some concerns uh, but there's a lot to like. So he transfers to the Sun Devils, uh, Arizona Sun Devils in 2018, Plays just three games, and then absolutely explodes over the 2019 season, becoming one of the top wide receivers. Unbelievably fast, known to feast off of man coverages because very few people are as fast as him. He ran a 4 five, forty. Uh, but again, that's not a record-setting 40-yard dash, but again, I think that number's a bit deceiving, and some guys are a little bit faster when they get on the field as far as in comparison because everybody slows down with pads on. Some players slow slow down a little bit less than others. Um, really rapid, really quick in his routes. Runs very linear routes, but he runs them well and he runs them maturely. So that's really great. Uh, they talk about he's a first down maker. He's a playmaker. He's, he's just doing what he needs to do. And they always kind of in college refer to him as the yards after king. So, you know, you give him that ball, he is absolutely going to make something with it. Biggest concern with him being uh, he's not as physical as he needs to be. He's got some finesse. Yes, but um, just You know, when we talk about press coverage at the line, bigger cornerbacks who are going to push him around and manhandle him, that's a major concern for him. That's going to limit his success in the NFL unless he can put on some weight and manage to deal with that. Finally, the last wide receiver I want to talk about is Donovan Peoples-Jones, absolutely dominant at the combine. His 44.5-inch vertical, 11-foot, 7-inch broad jump were both best at the NFL combine. Absolutely had a chance to show off one of the most physically talented and gifted wide receivers in the class absolutely separated himself and showed himself capable of doing things that the other wide receivers simply aren't able to do at six foot two 189 he's got a very balanced frame and size and he uses that to his advantage he uses his frame well he also uses leverage well against opposing cornerbacks some of the downside being he's not the quickest wide receiver and he doesn't explode into his speed. He's known for having some speed, but it takes him time to get going a step or two. That's going to be a bit of a problem for him for sure. Um, and sometimes jams at the line, some press coverage has been a bit of an issue for him, which is a little unusual for a guy who is really quite as strong as him. And finally, uh, is also noted for being a guy who struggles to, struggles to shake some tight man coverages and um, And that was one of the big key things for him, that in his own coverage, he's a really great wide receiver. He's a disciplined guy. He's just going to run the route you tell him, and your cornerback throws to him when he's open. It's that simple. In man coverage, it's a little different. In man coverage, wide receivers are forced to you know, kind of force their way open and to just command their presence against that cornerback. He struggles to do that against good cornerbacks, and that was a bit of an issue for him. And that's one of the biggest reasons he's not expected to be the best wide receiver in this class though if you're looking for physicality that can be coached up um, it really doesn't get any better than donovan peoples jones so there's a lot to like there but let's round out this video we got to talk about three tight ends so looking at it teams that are probably going to want to go out and draft a tight end or see what they can get bears chargers colts cowboys falcons patriots packers and Redskins amongst many other teams that, again, are probably looking for tight ends. I'm curious to see um, how Austin Hooper is going to get replaced there in Atlanta. So I definitely expect them to go after some guys. But again, those are just some teams that I would expect to take a tight end. However, uh, at the tight end position, it's a little different than other positions. You don't really draft a guy who immediately becomes a starter. They often have to get coached up. And so it's also fairly likely that teams that already have a good tight end could also draft a second tight end. That is a real possibility, making the tight end position a Real wild card position is they are probably the hardest position to measure coming from one into the other, coming into the NFL, and just honestly having no idea which teams are going to seek interest in them and which teams aren't. Coming into the NFL, Notre Dame star tight end number 84, Cole Met or Met or whatever. Um, really seems to be the front runner as the number 1 talent uh at the tight end position. Great size, long arms, massive body. Um great to be able to move across, known for being a stud blocker and to be able to move across in multiple formations and handle multiple different positions at tight end. Again, it seems kind of weird. You'd think tight ends are just are they on the left side of the field or the right side. There is more to it than that. Um, he also got adequate hand placement. As far as, again, I'm not going to talk too much on this, but he's known for being a good run blocker. That's going to help him get on the field a lot more. Not known for being the best receiving tight end. however, oh, We've talked about this time and time again. He definitely has a lot of talent and uh, really physical, and so that could certainly bode well for his ability to be used as a um kind of more physical tight end in the red zone. He's also known for being able to make plays after the catch, treating tacklers like bumper cars and just kind of pushing them off and keep going and making plays. Very physical guy, handles things well, got solid lateral movement. That's probably all you need to know about him. Uh, Out of Purdue, Bryson Hopkins is probably more of a typical receiving tight end. If we're looking at it from strictly a fantasy value side, he definitely probably has more upside. He's very athletic. He's got good quickness out of his routes and really leans into those routes with some speed. He's got a very natural route runner, which I like about him. That's very good. Um, And again, he plays really running into and speeding into those open windows so he likes to accelerate into the open field and find as much time in that open zone as he can um he also schemed several times as a wide receiver in college again there's a lot to like about him not as good blocking wise at uh six foot five 245 um he's got the size maybe not necessarily quite the strength um but he's very quite fast for tight end four six six and not great but his shuttle uh, what was i believe a uh, 428, eight much better time shows that he's definitely got some quickness for a tight end and he's of the draft class probably going to stand out as the receiving tight end of the class and probably has the most potential to be a rookie tight end that still has some fantasy value though again i've said this tons of times on this channel i don't necessarily trust rookie tight ends to have a whole lot of fantasy value I think only four times has a rookie tight end ever gone over 500 yards and five touchdowns. So that really tells you the limit at that position. Uh, finally, the last tight end to talk about will be Jared Pinckney uh, at 260 pounds. He's a bigger guy. He's not a very fast guy. He's also not a very quick guy. talk about how he kind of rolls and rounds his way into cuts on his routes. Not necessarily great, but he's got great size. He's got long arms, big hands. Um, fairly trustworthy hands and his ability to catch, and he's also, he's big, so he's also been fairly effective after the catch and kind of doing damage and laying out big hits, but he is also known for also being pretty good, again, good size, so he's a good run blocker, also learned to be a bit more physical, he wasn't so imposing in the past, but that was something he began to develop and work on in college, it's still a minor issue that he isn't quite as physical and as imposing as he needs to be, uh, but as long as he continues the trend that he is on, um, he should be just fine. So guys, um, that is it. That is, I don't even know how many guys that was, but those are all of sort of the top prospects that eat, each position and the things that you need to know about them um, as I admitted earlier in the video I don't know these guys as well as I'd like to this is going to be a long offseason and a lot of growth I am feel very humbled every time a new draft class comes in the NFL because I don't know as much about them as I would like to know um, and even I definitely have a lot of questions about these guys and I probably even have some thoughts on these guys that are wrong and I'm going to continue to define or redefine and uh, redevelop the way that I think about and understand these guys but I think this is a good framework I think this is a good start I hope you guys enjoyed the video if you do please hit that like button it does help us out a lot at the channel we really appreciate it um thank you to our patreon supporters you guys are the best and uh, you guys have a great day can't wait to come up with another video here in a few days